Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journey or their work-life balance journey so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I am so appreciative that you have taken the time to listen again. And if you are a new listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for stopping by to check it out. I hope you like what you hear and you'll stick around. So the way this podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then. But today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I found an episode that I wrote before I started my podcast and before I decided that I was going to read my journal. And I wanted to share it with you because I think it's relevant, not just as from a parenting perspective with how we parent our children, but also it's relevant for how we show up as moms and the pressure that we put on ourselves. So this is what I wrote. How much pressure is too much? My six-year-old Casey was recently in a dance recital, and I was backstage mom. It was dress rehearsal night. Looking around at all of the other backstage moms, frantically getting all of the girls ready, making sure every hair was in place, all of the girls' makeup was applied perfectly, and every costume was just right. The room was buzzing with excitement and anticipation as each group eagerly awaited their turn. Each group was called one at a time, performed the routine, and returned to the waiting room triumphantly. Then it was announced that it was time to rehearse the finale. Within a split second, one other little girl began to cry and tremble with fear from head to toe because she was so afraid of messing up since she hadn't completely learned the routine. I quickly approached her, gave her a hug, and reassured her it was going to be fine since she was going to do her best, smile, and have fun. My heart broke for her, but it also made me think about the pressures that can be unintentionally placed on children and teens by their parents, community members, such as coaches, society in general, and themselves. I started to wonder what the motivation of some of the girls had for dancing. Was it because they love it and are passionate about it? Was it because their friends do it and they're using it as a way to connect with them? Were their parents forcing them to do it because they think it's good for them and will help them with other sports? Or is it that it makes them feel significant because it gives them pictures for their social media accounts? Seeing this little girl cry was an important reminder for me as a parent and as a Girl Scout leader and really as a woman in general about the true importance of extracurricular activities but the pressure that comes with those activities. So this incident happened a while ago because, believe it or not, my Casey is turning nine in a couple of weeks. And um, so I clearly have been holding this podcast episode for quite some time before I decided to even do a podcast. It was at the time where I was kind of thinking, oh, I could do it. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, no, I can't. And then I finally made the decision to do it. But anyhow, um, so that... I can still see that dance recital in my mind like it happened yesterday. And my heart broke for that little girl because uh, in that moment, whatever the motivation was for her to dance went out the window. 
whether she loves it and it brings her so much joy or you know whether she's forced to do it in that moment it didn't matter because all that mattered is that the fear took over for her the fear of not being perfect the fear of messing up the fear of letting someone down and all those fears ring true for me as a mom I mean there are times where it's like oh my gosh you know I don't want to be out in public or be seen at school by the other parents or even be seen by family members and feel like I'm not a perfect mom and that's an unrealistic expectation to put on myself because no one is perfect and no mom is perfect I mean we make mistakes at least I do probably on a daily basis um, but the thing is is that you know as a mom we're showing up and doing the best that we can for our children based on all of the experiences that we've had in life and all the things that we know to be true or that we feel to be true or that we think is going to be the best for our kids in the long run and that really at the end of the day is the most important thing is that what we do for our kids is what we feel is best for them in this moment in this time and then being able to pivot and and be flexible when we realize that oh okay that really maybe wasn't the best choice or that wasn't the best decision but you learn from it and then you don't you make a better choice or a better decision next time and maybe not and that's okay too because sometimes it takes more than one time to learn a lesson in a situation but the other thing too is that you know I don't I don't want to make mistakes when raising my children because I don't want that to be something that impacts them as they get older you know and I share this from my own childhood so I you know grew up in a household with dysfunction my parents divorced when I was very young and um, you know the dysfunction is generational and so we on both sides um, from my mom's side of the family and from my dad's side of the family. So just a little backstory for um, new listeners or for regular listeners who don't quite know. So my mom's family has a long history of drug addiction, alcoholism, and dysfunction. And this goes back farther than my grandparents. So um, it's definitely generational. Uh, generational dysfunction generational trauma and so knowing that I want to break this cycle for my kids now but there's also dysfunction on my dad's side of the family so I don't know much about his dad's family but his mother's family there is alcoholism there too that goes back multiple generations so with alcoholism and drug addiction typically comes codependency typically comes enmeshment and so both of those things are prevalent still in um, not necessarily my immediate family but in my family in general and on my mom's side too so you know knowing my family history with dysfunction alcoholism drug addiction the, the you know the works I don't want my upbringing my experiences with dysfunction domestic violence um, seeing alcoholism and drug addiction I don't want those my experiences with those situations to influence my girls my goal knowing my background 
um, family background. I want to break this cycle. I want to end this cycle of codependency. I want to end the cycle of childhood emotional neglect. I want to end this cycle of enmeshment. I want to end this cycle of domestic violence. I want to end that so that when my girls move forward in their lives, it doesn't continue. This cycle stops now. And so because of that, you know, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to do something. I don't want to have a pattern of codependency or enmeshment come back up and impact my girls negatively or I don't want something in my life a pattern in my life because of childhood emotional neglect to come back and impact my girls although I know that's unrealistic too because um, you know I do the best I can every day just like my parents did the best they can every day but the other thing too is that you know I don't want to I don't want to have that fear show up every day and so I know how to manage my emotional state I know what the reason for running the patterns I know all of those things and so when I when I read this journal entry and decided to share it this little girl's reaction to the fear of messing up to the fear of not being perfect to the fear of disappointing someone was so real in that moment and I've experienced those things too um, you know, in a career, in high school, in elementary school, doing in-class presentations, you know, I had that same fear that this little girl had, but it also shows up as an adult and mostly around being a mom and making sure that I'm giving my kids everything they need and then some. But what happens sometimes is that the fear stands in our way and it prevents us from being able to move forward and doing the things that we want to do as a parent or just being able to do the things that we want to do as a woman, as a human being, because we're worried of what it's going to, you know, the ripple effect. We're worried about disappointing someone. You know, I don't want to disappoint my kids. I don't want to disappoint my husband. I don't want to disappoint myself. And so with that, there's this huge amount of pressure that sometimes we place upon ourselves. And this little girl, that pressure just became too much for her. And... You know, she had to trust in me that what I said to her was that it's going to be okay because there's, you know, someone out there showing her the way. It's just a practice and she's going to have fun. And she did go out there and do the routine. And she came back with a smile on her face because she realized that no one knew the routine 100%. That was the reason for the rehearsal. And that it was the finale and it wasn't the end of the world. There were literally 50 girls up on that stage that day for that final number. And so there was this sense of support there. And sometimes it's hard to move forward when you feel like there's no support there, you know, as a little kid, but also as an adult, as a mom, as a partner, as a businesswoman, as whatever role you have, sometimes it's hard to move forward when you feel, when it feels like there's no support and you're on that island all alone and you know, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. But the reminder in this is that we're not alone. You know, you have family, friends that care deeply about you. If you feel alone and you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to, reach out. I would be thrilled to chat with you. 
you can message me on social media, you can send me an email, and I respond to them all. And I check them daily. Um, but sometimes we aren't, it's not that we aren't supported, it's just that we're not recognizing the support that we have in place. And that was very true for me when I was going through my healing journey, when I was in therapy and I was working with a life coach, more so when I was in therapy, I really didn't feel supported. And that was hard. You know, that was a really hard thing to go to because it felt so alone. But I wasn't. I just had to change my perspective. I had my husband's support. He was supporting me in the best way that he knew how, and his life experience is vastly different from my life experience. So there was no way that he was ever going to completely 100% understand where I'm coming from because he's never even remotely had any life experience that I've had. Our upbringings have been vastly different. Our college experiences were vastly different. Our professional experiences are vastly different. So uh, he wanted to be a listening ear, but he didn't know quite what to say. And so often I felt like he didn't get it, he wasn't listening, and I wanted something from him that he couldn't give. I wanted him to give me the answer that I wanted him to. But the thing is, he wasn't a mind reader, so he didn't know what I was exactly 100% needing or wanting. And then I got annoyed because I'm like, if I have to tell you, then I'll just say it to myself. But he was, was supporting me in the best way that he knew how. And so it can be hard, especially when the fear takes over, because sometimes we don't even want to express the fear that we have. We don't want to express what we're feeling inside because there's that whole other level of vulnerability. There's that whole other level of feeling imperfect. There's that whole other level of feeling like it's going to be a mistake. But there's also that feeling of, you know, gosh, if someone knows that I'm this afraid, they're going to be so disappointed because nine times out of ten, as the mom, we walk around like we've got it all together when in reality, we probably feel like a duck frantically paddling underwater, but everyone sees us smoothing across, sailing across the surface. So if you're feeling this fear of not being perfect or making a mistake or disappointing someone, know that that's not true. And at the end of the day, you have no control over how someone is going to react or respond to you and the decisions that you make. And so really it's knowing that if you are doing the best that you can, even if you feel like your best is not good enough, if you're doing the best that you can, that's really all that you can do. And let the fear subside. So if you feel the fear in your body, get up and move. Take a walk, get a glass of water, stretch, find a yoga video on YouTube. Do that for five minutes. Meditate. Just do some deep breathing. And those things right there will start to change the way that your body feels in response to the pattern of fear that you're running. When you can change the way that your body feels, then you can start changing the language that you have around the situation. So instead of feeling like, you know, saying, I'm going to mess up, I'm not good enough, I'm going to disappoint so-and-so, this is a mistake, I don't know what I'm doing, it allows you to change the language and say, this is the choice that I'm making because this is the decision that I feel is best in this moment of time. I'm not going to disappoint so-and-so because they know that this is decision is in their best interest, not just for them, but for me as well. And it can change, then you can change the what you're believing and what you're focusing on. So instead of focusing on that fear or that, you know, worry of being a disappointment or that worry of making a mistake, 
you can focus on the fact that you are doing the best that you can. You're, you can focus on the fact that you really are a good mom, you're a good partner, and life is not perfect. No one is perfect. And it's okay to feel like there are bumps in the road because, quite frankly, that's life. So instead of riding the adult roller coaster with the loops and the dips and the twists and the backwards turns and all of that, I always say that I like to just ride the kiddie coaster with little hills, little ups and downs, because a life without ups and downs is not a life. And so I hope that you found today's episode helpful. If you feel like a friend would benefit from listening, please feel free to share. Also, if you would be so kind and take a minute to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. I read the reviews. I use the feedback from the reviews to continue to adjust the content that I provide to make sure that this podcast is exactly what you're looking for and exactly what you need. And if you feel like you're struggling and you need help, I do offer one-on-one coaching and you can reach out to me and we will hop on a call to see if it's a good fit. And so I just want to thank you again for taking the time to listen. I am so appreciative and I will see you next week.